Welcome back to Mini TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today we are doing Reasonable Doubt, you guys. Yes, Season 1, Episode 4, titled Guilty Until Proven Innocent. You guys, I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Father's Day weekend. Um, if you have somebody that's present, good, okay? If you had a wonderful father that's no longer here, happy heavenly Father's Day, all right? So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So we start the episode off with Jax. She's going to go visit Daniel in the uh, hospital because remember, y'all, the last episode, he got beat up by uh, Cousin Morgan, okay? And so he's more concerned about getting the report of her alibi on the night that Kalisha was murdered. But honey, the only thing that Jax wants him to do is get some rest. And he says that he all right, okay? He got a few bruised ribs, you know, got a couple scratches, but nothing's broken, okay? So he's going to do his best to get discharged so he can go back to doing his work. And so Jax tells him, relax, okay? Get you some rest. I'm not just saying that as your boss, but as your friend. Okay, see, Daniel knew that she liked him. Mm -hmm. She knew that they were friends. <laughs> Just don't tell nobody that. So anyway, as she's going to go see Daniel, she gets a phone call from Brayden. And she hightails it right over there because guess what, you guys? He is thinking about stepping down as the CEO of his company. And guess whose bright idea that was? His his uh co-partner his partner theo okay y'all remember him and so she was like why would you do that brayden that's not a good idea if you do that then that's gonna look like you're even more guilty in the public eye you need to stay where you're at right now and so brayden says that he talked to theo about it and apparently before all of this stuff happened with kalisha they had six potential buyers and after the thing with Kalisha, they kind of wanted to see what she had to say, but since she's no longer here with us, he figured that this would be the best idea. And so again, like I said, Jack said that that is the worst idea he could possibly come up with. He needs to stay exactly where he is, okay? So just then, Sarah comes in and she says that the kids want to say goodnight to him. And so Jax ends up asking them for a private moment, just them two, okay? Or just the three of us. Meaning Theo and Rich, y'all are out, okay? Because Rich is there as well. So as she's talking to them, she says that she knows that it may be hard, but she needs them to stay a united front. And so Sarah's main thing is she's over a whole bunch of organizations, including one that deals with battered shelters, okay? And so how ironic is it and how awkward is it that she is over that, but her husband is accused of being a an abusive murderer. And so she said that's the key word, accused, okay? He's innocent until proven guilty. And so she says, I know that, but the rest of the world don't, okay? So she said, look, I don't care how you feel about it. Right now, this is the best move. Y'all need to stick together any means necessary, all right? So Sarah ends up walking out and she tells Brayden, you know, to, I guess since you're just staying in the guest house, 
just still keep trying, okay? Keep doing the best that you can. And if you have any other more bright ideas, then to give me a call. So then she meets back up with Rich and Theo, but prior to her getting to them, they're having a separate conversation and Theo is pissed because he's like, he's basically being racist, y'all. <laughs> like for real, for real. So he ends up telling Rich, you know, that that should be you in there. And so Rich was like, yeah, I know, but she's the lead. Okay. And so then um she pops up and um she tells Theo that, if she if he has any other bright ideas um as far you know as addressing concerns with the rest of the buyers or you know potential partners or whatever the case may be then they need to direct all questions and concerns to her and then they will have a consultation about it and then come up with a strategy plan <laughs> and so as she's walking away of course they trade looks and y'all I feel like Theo is the one that's behind Kalisha's murder. But we gonna, we gonna hold out and see what happens. So, Lewis and Spencer plan like a demo version of the game that Lewis has created. And so, Spencer's really feeling it, okay? He starts winning and he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and Lewis is like, whoa, dude, language. I hope you don't talk like that at school, Okay. And so, of course, Spence was like, mm-mm, but he said it way too fast, so we know he probably talking like that amongst his friends, right? <laughs> Let's just hope the teacher don't hear him. So, anyway, he ends up asking Lewis, once him and his mom gets a divorce, can he come stay with Lewis? And so, Lewis is taken aback because it's kind of like he's not, I don't think he's picked up on just how in tune Spence is with what's going on within their relationship. So... He was just like, no, okay? And he compares it to when Spence got stuck on a specific level in Call of Duty and how it took him like a month to get past it. That's sort of kind of where their marriage is at this point, okay? They're at a very difficult level, but eventually they will get past it. And so Spence was like, all right, cool. They dap up and then they go back to playing the game. So then we go to Jax. She's in a staff meeting with the rest of her team and they're trying to get caught up on what all is happening with the Braden Miller case. And so she's telling her boss, Terry, that she or her partner, Terry, that she wants to hire a jury consultant, a juror consultant, because, you know, this will kind of give them the best ideas as far as the strategy goes to, you know, try to make sure that Brayton seems as innocent as he can before they actually start the trial process. And then she also mentions that um, Mike Ortiz is running for mayor. And so, of course, you know, with this being a highly publicized case, he's going to do anything that he can to win this case. Okay. Which means as well that he's probably going to make some mistakes in between there. So, of course, Terry is just on board with everything that she is saying, honey. But, of course, we see Rich sitting over there in the corner scheming and plotting y'all so <laughs> he ends up saying piggybacking off of terry saying mistakes and he says speaking of mistakes so against what we had advised um brayden miller was given the advice not to step down from his current position and so terry is like well who in the world would tell him that 
And so Jax was like, I did, okay? Because it's going to make him seem more guilty than not. And so then Rich brings up the fact that they had talked to other board members, I guess, for Clout, which is the company for Brayden. And he was basically like going behind Jax's back, trying to make sure that Brayden stepped down from his position. And so she was like, you know, I can't, really do my job because I'm always having to explain myself. So until y'all find a better criminal defense attorney, let me do what I need to do. And so Terry is again, full on board with what Jax has to say. So Rich, go eat shit. (laughs) And so to save face a little bit, he says that he is kind of um, cool with some of the board members Um, He's got a brandy that he wants one of them to taste. And so he says, who loves um, anything more than brandy and cigars? Okay. Besides like strippers on a pole. I agree with that, Rich. But um, yeah, no, stay in your lane. Okay. Like I said, I think Theo and him probably got something to do. He's probably trying to pay Rich off um, because he had Kalisha killed. But we'll see. Speaking of Kalisha... We see her cousin, Fallon. She is making news headlines because she has recently went on her Instagram live and she is saying how, you know, Brayden had Kalisha killed because she was going to get ready to expose all of his shady dealings and what Clout was doing. And so until justice is served for her, she will not rest. Okay. Keep using that hashtag justice for Kalisha, justice for Kalisha. And so as um, he's watching that, Sarah and the kids come in. And so he was like, I thought you had dropped them off at school. Well, she did, but they came back because all of the other kids were making fun of them. And not only that, but the parents were looking at her all types of crazy. Okay. Seems like y'all going to be homeschooling for a while. (laughs) And so she tells the kids to go play after they ask Brayden. Um, you know, did he hurt somebody that they're saying he did? And he says, no, okay. Daddy is a very professional businessman. And when you're a businessman, sometimes people make up nasty lies about you, but you don't believe them. Okay. So she tells him to go play and he apologizes because he effed up. Okay. Short, short and sweet, straight to the point. He effed up, no excuses about it. And so she throws it up in his face that I guess he had told her or she felt like she was the white woman or the white wife in the shadows while he was messing around with his black mistress to gain culture clout, basically. And so he was like, look, I I messed up. I shouldn't have never did it. And I'm not even scared about going to jail. I'm scared about really losing you and what I have with you. And so, y'all, he started crying and he go in for the hug. And she's like, Jesus, Brayden, stop crying. Quit your bitching. <laughs> I'm the victim here. <sighs> so, <laughs> Jax and her team are trying to come up with strategies about how they're going to defend Brayden and make him look good in the public eye before they even go to trial, right? So... They did some research and apparently he is, you know, still in good standing with most conservative men. 
um, and white women. Um, but he is not in good standing with older black women. And it's probably because they feel like he really doesn't connect to his community. Okay. And so they want to have him uh, get into the image of melanin over money all the time. Okay. And so they suggest that maybe he should do like some organizations or like some events or something like that to where he can kind of connect with the people of the community, but don't make it so obvious, like to where it looks like it's just like a photo op. So Jax ends up saying that she may have somebody in mind that she can reach out to. Meanwhile, she ends up going on a run and y'all it's nighttime. Okay. So she's running down her block, listening to her music when this car rounds the corner, right? Lights out. And, um, he ends up pulling up beside her, y'all. Guess who it is? It's Will. And she like, whoa, Will, what you doing here? Okay, he says, I've been trying to, you know, get in contact with you. I've been trying to check in on you and all this and all that. I done called you. You ain't responded back to nothing, so I figured I'd roll past. And so she was like, yeah, you know, what we had, that was cute. Okay, that was just fun. But let's just leave it at that. And so he was like, girl... You would be dumb to pass this up, okay? Well, we got a special. And then he drove off, y'all. Stalker much? So anyway, <laughs> Jax's idea ends up coming in the form of her sitting down with her friends. They're going out for Tuesday tea, and apparently they do it once a month or every other month as her friend, uh, what's her name? Shelly Sally. Sally says, not Sally, Chanel, that's her name, and so all the girls are meeting up, they're catching up, and Chanel throws the shade that when she reached out to Jax about her having a conversation about what she said about JT, Jax never got back to her, but Jax explained that that day was the day from hell, because that's the same day that Naima started her period, and so of course the girls are just like, oh my gosh, she's so young, this, that, and the third, and uh, one of them mentions that they do have medications, but for right now, Jack says that they're just trying to take it one day at a time because she handled the situation so well. And so they'll just kind of see how she feels about it in a little while. So she ends up asking Chanel, can she reach out to JT? Because apparently he's got this event that's happening that she feels like Brayden could go to to kind of, you know, change the perception about him within the community, especially with older black women. And so Chanel is telling her that her and JT still ain't really on good terms, okay? And so Jax was like, well, I could reach out to him if you want me to. And so she says, no, okay, I'll do it. But um, she says something to the effect of where, she really doesn't want to do it, but she's sure that Jax wants her to, despite, you know, what's going on in their situation. And so um, it's just some shade being thrown. Chanel is still feeling a way about what Jax said. And of course, she's probably going through her own feelings with her husband or probably ex-husband, soon to be. <laughs> but she's still going to try to reach out to JT and see if she can talk to him on Brayden's behalf. So then we see Mr. Cook. He is at work at the auto shop. And 
originally who I thought was just a homie co-worker is actually his brother, y'all. And so he comes in with an apology sandwich. It's a pastrami sandwich from this place called Tommy's and apparently is very infamous. Okay. And so he brings up the memory that their dad used to take them there all the time. And so then Damon brings up a memory of his own. And he says that one of their homeboys used to go there pretty regularly. And then one day he had the bright idea to write them a fake check, knowing that it would be discovered. Right. And so he ended up getting in trouble for it. So they share a laugh about it. And, brother co-worker ends up saying look okay i'm sorry um you know things have been going well here but i couldn't have done it without you i couldn't have kept it running without you um and so he ends up telling him that everything that he does there on the low low he makes it seem like ain't nothing really happening on the low low <laughs> and so damon was like still i can't mess with it okay but his brother says with high risk comes high reward. And he ends up giving them some money. And so Damon was like, bro, I can't take that. It's a nice little watch, y'all. It's a nice little rubber band bang. And so he was like, bro, please. Okay. I owe it to you. And so he ends up taking the money, y'all. Sorry, my daughter is rummaging around the room. If you guys hear any noise in the background. <laughs> so anyway, we go over to... uh jacks jackson lewis have a conversation once he brings the kids home and he wants to talk about spence more specifically because he brought up the conversation that he had with spence about the divorce and so he basically asked her has she been thinking about the divorce and so she says no i haven't even wrapped my head around the separation let alone a divorce i've got so much going on with this case no that's the furthest thing from my mind right now and so she tells him, you know, that he needs to have a conversation with her. But he goes ahead and confirms that even though or reaffirms that even though they're going through this hard time, that still doesn't give him the excuse to disrespect his mama. And so he tells her to put his put. He tells her to put her foot down, basically. And so that's what she does. So later on. She ends up getting ready to go out to dinner. But before she leaves, she goes to go check on the kids and make sure that they're okay. So when she gets to Spence's room, he's on the phone with one of his homeboys. And he was like, bro, hold on real quick. And so he's thinking that this is going to be a quick conversation with his mom. And she ends up telling him, you know, I'm going to get ready to hit the dinner. I'm just trying to make sure that you're okay. And so he was like, yeah, I'm straight. And so she was like, you know, just make sure that you've done your homework. And so he was like, I already did it. And so she was like, okay, so you wouldn't mind if I check it later? Nope, I don't have an issue with that at all. And so as she's finna get ready to leave, he closed the door and he locked it, right? First off, before he, he when he closed the door, y'all, he closes it in a matter of like almost closing it in her face. Just like shortening their conversation, making it real quick, right? But before like he could close the door on her completely, y'all. She tried to go in to like kiss him, give him a little kiss or whatever. And after she did that, he ended up closing the door in her face, right? So then he locked the door. So she done come banging on the door because like she was like, I know this ninja didn't just lock the door on me. Okay. He's smelling himself real tough. And so she he ends up opening up the door 
And she was like, we don't lock doors around here. And so he was like, well, at dad's house, we do. Sir, when you're in this house, you're going to abide by these rules. No lock doors. Comprende? And so he was like, all right, got you. But he still closed the door in her face again. Y'all just so damn disrespectful. He need his ass whooped. <laughs> Maybe he's too big for whoopings at this point. Go stand in the corner with some books or something and do some squats. So anyway, she ends up heading to dinner. And it turns out that she's having dinner with Damon. And so he ends up, you know, just trying to make light conversation about it. And um, she says that they used to go to this particular place all the time for bread pudding, her and her dad. Okay, speaking of which, her dad is in town. And I forgot to mention that, that when Will rolled up on her while she was running, she had received a text from her dad saying that he was in town. And so he was like, are you going to go see him? And she was like, yeah, but I really don't have time with everything that's going on to be trying to make small talk with him right now. And so he was like, all right, I get it, I get it. So they end up talking about Brayden. And he was like, look, ain't you supposed to ask whether he did it or not? And so she was like, I don't even think he did it personally, okay? And so she ends up telling him that, you know, from initial standpoint, because he was like, okay, so that means you like him. And she was like, no, but I do get the feeling that he was one of those people that thought that money could always solve whatever situation he seemed to find himself in. But he's starting to realize that he can't get out of each predicament with that the same notion. And so he was like, all right, okay, cool. So he goes to go pay for the meal. And the waitress tells him that he can't pay with the type of card that he has. You have to pay with a credit card. So apparently he was trying to pay with a debit card. And so instead of, you know, causing all of this strife, Jack just pulls out her card. And he gets really upset about it because he doesn't want to feel like he owes anyone. And so since he's so distraught about it, um, he ends up asking her for her address so he can just send her the money tomorrow. And so she just ends up texting him her address. Y'all, y'all know this going to lead to other things, right? Let me repay you in another way. This is going to turn left real quick, y'all. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention that when she was talking to Lewis about Spence's recent behavior, Lewis said that he turned off all the cameras, all right? No more games, no none of that. So y'all already know what it's going to hit with her and Damon. So Jax is relaxing with a cigarette and a little Jill Scott playing in the background who is phenomenal in concert, by the way, you guys. When her mom calls her, and although she's just calling to check up on her baby and see how she's doing with the case and everything. Jax can see right through her, okay? Did dad call you too? Yes, as a matter of fact, he did. He wants all three of us to get together and have a sit down and talk. And so Jax was like, okay, you know, I don't know. Mama is saying that she declined because daddy can be pretty messy at times, but Jax is still on the fence about it. And so she tells her that she'll think about it, okay? And then she tells her to just be careful, but either way, you know, Jax is going to do what she feels is best for her. And she bids her mama good night as she starts to write Brayden's speech for JT's event. Speaking of, it's the next day and they pop up and it's Brayden and his family along with uh, Sarah and JT, not Sarah, Jackson, JT and her crew, right? So uh, her assistant and I believe maybe somebody else is there from the team. So anyway, um, she thanks JT for having Brayton and 
apparently JT used to be a former football player or he is a former football player who started this organization for peace on the streets of the city of LA. And he's been doing this for quite some time. And so he, um, as they're having a little chit chat, it's time for him to get up on stage and introduce Brayton. So Brayton finally gets up there and he initially starts to do the speech that Jax has written for him, but he can see um, not only that it's not going over well with the people in the audience, but it's just not going over well with his spirit, okay? His spirit has overwhelmed him to tell his own personal story about gun violence, or at least one of them. And so he goes on to tell this story about when he was 17, how this kid had held him up right around the corner from his house, okay? And so he says that when he used to hang out with his friends, his friends used to always tell him to, you know, be strapped, right? And so he says that although they would tell him that, he just never really felt safe around guns from a personal standpoint because y'all remember that his brother got shot and killed. And so, but I'm not sure how old he was at the time, but anyway, um, but he says that he never felt, pers you know, uh, safe around them. And so he just never cared, cared for them personally. And so he says that um, although all of that happened, if he felt like if he would have been strapped as well, both of them would have either, one of them would have either ended up in jail or dead. Okay. And so he says that he's been putting his money into organizations and back into the community for this exact cause, okay? It needs to start with them. They need to protect themselves and their community, um, you know, from this type of stuff so that they won't become a statistic, okay? Um, and so that's what he's been striving for this entire time. And so he goes on to mention that the boy ended up taking his wallet and I think his some shoes or something like that. And then two weeks later, he was dead, y'all. Okay. So they have to band together to, to <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my daughter is playing to collect collectively do better as a community and get the guns off the streets and stop the violence. And so they end up, you know, cheering for him after he tells his personal story. He walks off stage and Sarah is so proud of him. So then um, I think Jackson them had actually had people like reporters come in specifically to ask questions. And so the first reporter ends up asking him, did he kill Kalisha? And so he says no. Okay. And then the second reporter ends up asking him, did they ever consider her ex-husband as a suspect? And so... He says something to the tune of uh, they did or they didn't look into it. Long story short, the police need to tap back into him possibly being a suspect. And so, um, you know, Jax thanks them for their time. They take a photo op. And then, y'all, Jax goes over to have her conversation with Chanel. Because this has been a long time coming. So she ends up apologizing to Chanel after her uh, she has a conversation with her about where she and JT stand. And so she says, girl, I didn't come here for him. Okay, I came here for you. And so she reveals that she's actually been sleeping on Sally's futon in her guest room. Okay. And so Jax was like, damn, 
I knew it was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. But either way, she is sorry and she apologizes for how she's been treating her homegirl. They kiss and make up. And where she is, <laughs> Chanel is giving away games or something like that. And so she was like, let me grab two of those because I'm trying to at least have Spence get back on my side. Okay. And so, you know, they laugh about it. And then we see Sarah. Sarah is standing off to the side when Kalisha's ex-husband walks up next to her. And so she was like, I'm, you know, I'm not sure who you are because he tries to introduce himself and he says that he's Kalisha's ex-husband and they probably ran into each other um, a few times at the cloud events. And so he ends up asking her about the emails that she sent Kalisha. Did Brayden know about those emails? So y'all, Sarah's been sending Kalisha emails. She probably found out a while ago that Brayden was having this affair with her. And you know, anyway, her and Theo probably in cahoots. And so she was like, you know what? I don't know who you are, but you need to stay the hell away from me and my family before you end up like this little wife of yours. And y'all, she puts back on her nice face and she goes to collect her kids. Do y'all think Sarah has something to do with Kalisha's death? Jill to lovers, y'all. I think her and I think her and Theo were in cahoots, but we'll see. So Jax is in the office and she's texting her dad saying that she'll see him at dinner at eight when Crystal comes in and she says that her dad actually saw, you know, all of the media publicity about Brayden and her dad basically views Brayden as the black Donald Trump okay he can't do any wrong in her dad's eyes kind of inspiring because her dad is a businessman okay and so you know he's always chasing after the American dream and so that's why he looks up to Brayden like he does and so this gives Jax an idea that, you know, further goes with how they're going to be selecting their jurors. And so when she presents it to the rest of the team, Rich is like, you expect us to go with this dude? And so she was like, dude, that's my dad, okay? And you ain't finna sit up here and talk about him like that. So we already know that Rich is not on board for any of this. But Jax reminds him that not all of Brayden's supporters are going to be black. Okay, after the Occupy Wall Street incident happened, um, they're going to have different dynamics as far as occupation, race, profession, all of that goes when it comes to them selecting the proper jurors. So it's the next day, they're in juror selection and they go through a whole slew of jurors. And she basically tells Braden because he was like, I'm putting my life in the hands of strangers. And so she compares it to when he would make investments with certain companies. And he says that he would do his research, his due diligence on all these people. But ultimately, she says that he would choose his good. Okay, so if you're feeling something about a jury, then you need to let me know so I can keep them or excuse them. And so they go through this selection and ultimately they end up trying to, they, they don't try. It's not intentional, but they end up getting rid of all of the white women that have come up as possible jurors, <laughs> except for juror number 17, okay? They hear two specific stories. One was from a black juror, and he says that he got pulled over for expired tags. 
The police officer ended up putting his face in the dirt with this kid in the backseat watching the whole incident go down. Turns out his damn tags wouldn't expired at all. Okay, so Mike ended up getting rid of him because of the notion about police. And then the next juror that they talk to is a white woman. And so she ends up saying that her kid had went missing or something like that. And then a few days later, a police officer shows up with her kid again. And so ultimately, she was very thankful for the police officer in that particular incident, but she knows that all police officers aren't like that, okay? All of them aren't good. And so as she's telling this story, Daniel is doing like some research on her, and it turns out that her husband was at Olive Garden on January the 6th, which means that he's probably one of the people that was going for the um, insurrection, okay, on January 6th for Trump. And so they try to get rid of her, but ultimately Jax throws Batten versus Kentucky out into the mix. And so they have to end up keeping her. And so after they're done for the day, Jax is finna get ready to walk out. Rich pops up and um, he's walking with her. And so he basically tells her that he didn't like to be shushed in the courtroom. And so she says that she apologizes because Rich was trying to say something about, um, how she, the juror stated that she didn't agree that all police officers were good. He was trying to make a point on her behalf, okay? But Jax ended up going with what Daniel found on her and said that everything is, they don't want somebody to be either black or white. They need people in the middle, in the gray area. That's who they want as their jurors. And so he said that he didn't appreciate how she was basically putting aside how he felt about the situation. And so she apologized to him. And so he went further because I guess he butthurt and was like, you know what, if it wasn't even for me, we wouldn't have this case. And so she ends up asking him, what more do you want? I apologize to you already. He says that he doesn't know. And she says, well, while you're trying to figure that out, I'm going to be coming up with a strategy to defend my client for this case. <laughs> and Rich just give it a side eye. Y'all, this case needs to hurry up and be over. Rich seems shady as hell. So Damon is at work, and y'all, he done got so upset because he cannot find his torque wrench, okay? So his brother ends up coming over because he sees that he's frustrated. And so Damon goes on to express how so much has changed since he's been locked up. Things have gotten way more expensive than he can handle financially. And so his brother was like, yeah, that's why I'm trying to bring you into what I got going on, okay? And so Damon is like, I don't want to be involved with that. But his brother is like, look, okay, hop out. I hook you up, you come in, see what's going on, and then you give me your decision after that. And so he was like, I don't know. I need a I need a, a, a little leg up right now, though. So his brother ends up giving him some money. And he was like, all right, but this is the last time I'm doing this, okay? The next time you're going to have to work for it. And then he finds his torque wrench for him. <laughs> All you have to do is look a little bit versus throwing your temper tantrum. So Jax is at dinner and she's waiting on her dad. I'm guessing it's well past eight o'clock. And so she was like, dad, where are you? I'm waiting on you. So we see that her dad has read the message, but he doesn't respond, right? So just then her mom comes in. And so she was like, mom, I thought you said you weren't coming. And so she says, well, I figured that your dad would disappoint you. And so she decided to show up. And so um, she says that her dad has disappointed her throughout the years. She can't believe that she fell for his trap again. 
And so, again, her mom says, you know, that this is his usual routine. Um, and so that's why she had told him that if he wasn't serious about trying to set a, a foundation to build a relationship with Jax, then he doesn't need to come around. And so Jax really got upset because she feels like her mom was a hindrance to her dad coming. And so she was like, no, okay, you're my child. I'm just trying to protect you. And so Jax was like, you should have just stayed out of my business. And she was like, you are my business, okay? And so she ends up saying that she didn't give, her mom didn't give her dad any type of slack or she didn't forgive him like she should have, but she gave Paul forgiveness when she shouldn't have. And so her mom was like, what do you mean by that? And so she was like, let's just put it this way. That's not the only one that's been making mistakes around here. Meaning Mama Lulu done forgave Paul for something that she's probably not aware of, but Jax ain't ready to have that conversation with her just yet. She keeps tiptoeing around it. So anyway, she goes to meet with Lewis and she's telling him about her whole situation with her mom and her dad. And so he was basically like, oh, well, she asked him, when she brought up the fact that she had said that she wasn't being a good wife to him um, the previous week, he never said anything to come to her defense about it. And so she ends up asking him, is she a bad wife? So then she goes into this whole conversation about her dad and um, she ends up thanking him for letting her vent. And she says that it was a really good idea that she came by and he says, you know, I always got your back, okay? And yes, for the record, you are a great wife. But there's one particular thing that he's been asking her to do, and that's to open up. <laughs> and so now that she's opened up to him, he ended up saying how her dad has failed her her entire life and disappointed her her entire life, and she still continues to leave the door open for them to have a relationship. However, she doesn't allow Lewis that same grace. And so of course, a beautiful moment ends up turning into an argument. And he says, regardless of what happens between us, I'm gonna do everything that I can to make sure that I still see my kids. Oh, it's like that? Yes, yeah, like that. And he gets out the car, y'all. So Jax comes home from this disappointing night between her father and Lewis, and she's getting ready to thank the babysitter. The babysitter sees herself out after Jax pays her, and she sees that Spence has left his bag out on the floor. So she goes to go give it to him, y'all, and his door is locked again. Now, she doesn't tell him once before, and so she tried banging on the door, and he don't come to the door. So guess what she do, y'all? She goes to go get one of those drills <laughs> as they're playing Money, Power, and Respect by Lil' Kim in the background. Y'all, she take that damn door handle off of his door. And so he was like, what's going on here? Okay, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm not raising no F-boy. Okay, now I told you once before about this door. Next time, it'll be the door, actually. Okay, forget the handle. Handle's first. Now the door is going to be next. Keep playing around with me. <laughs> Girl, Jax is not playing. Okay, Jax, we see. You better get that respect from Spence. So anyway, 
it's the next day. They're in court and they're wrapping up jury selection and um yeah, they're wrapping up jury selection. I was about to give y'all this story about the last jury that they accepted, but ain't no need to. Good. So the hardest thing or the the smallest thing about this trial is over. You know, proceedings will start tomorrow. All right. So she ends up leaving out of there and then y'all what happened? I can't remember. Hold on. So after that, she goes to go sit down with Daniel and they're having a conversation about um, Kalisha's, not Kalisha, Kalisha's cousin Morgan's alibi. And so she goes on to say that um, Daniel tells her that they do, she does actually have an alibi. Okay. And she was at work. There's a digital footprint and everything that confirms that. Okay. So what about the boyfriend? <clears throat> excuse me, fiance, he was in Vegas, okay, he was apparently at his bachelor party making it rain, so yeah, both of them are innocent, okay, well, she believes that Brayden is innocent as well, so what are we finna do now, because she still has this laptop, and we need it, so then they come up with this plan, and they go pay Miss Morgan a visit at her job, so she's at the store, they come in, and, um, they basically shake her down. And so Jack says that as an officer of the court, she has a duty to report any type of wrongdoing and she's committed assault against Daniel. Okay. But for the laptop, Daniel will give her what she wants. Okay. And apparently she needs money. Okay. She was put out. She was left for destitute. And um, yeah. So Daniel gives her a few hundred dollars and he says that he'll give her the rest of it once she brings the laptop. All right, job well done. Good scheming, you guys. Good scheming. So Jax is finna get ready to go to bed when her phone chimes and it's Damon telling her that he's outside with her money. Now, I'm not sure how late it is, but it's late enough for Jax to have her scarf on and her nightgown, okay? So she slips on her robe and she pull off her scarf and she's stepping outside and y'all, Damon, oof. That Michael Ely, he know he fine. He is aged very well. So anyway, he ends up telling her that he didn't want it to seem weird, that he just showed up to her house or anything, but his checks haven't come in, and so she says that that's okay. And so then he ends up asking her how things turned out with her dad, and she informs him that he never even showed up. And so he was like, you know what, that's all right. You just keep doing your part, and you'll see that you're the one without the regret. Okay. And then he also goes on to say that he read somewhere that we always, you know, tend to put our energy towards what we really believe in. And so um, he gets closer. Okay. And so she looks back and she says, you know, I would invite you into my house, but my kids are in here. And so he was like, you, your husband would allow you to have a friend come in this late. And so she ends up telling him that they are actually separated and that she should have told him earlier. And so he was like, no, okay, it's all good. So now he done walked up on her real close, y'all. They're probably like two steps apart. And he tells her that he's not sure what he did, but whatever it is, he would be an idiot to let her go. And he bids her good night, y'all. He knows what he's doing, honey. She finally caught her breath after he started walking back down them steps. <laughs> she was waiting on bated breath, y'all. Yeah. 
So anyway, it's the same night and Ryan, who is Kalisha's ex-husband, is driving when he receives a phone call from Sarah, Braden's wife. And so he was like, how did you get my number? And she says that her dad works for the largest um, data company. And so she can basically get any number that she chooses. Well, that white privilege just keeps advancing by the minute, right? And so anyway, he she wants to have a conversation with him, but he doesn't see the reason why they should do so. And so she says that those emails that she sent to Kalisha aren't the end of the story. And then she asked him, wouldn't he like to know how the story ended? And then the episode goes off, y'all. <laughs> it's getting good. I'm intrigued. Okay. It's either Sarah or Theo and they were in cahoots or something of that nature. Okay. Somebody is guilty and we've probably already seen who it is. But let me know what you think. You can reach me at me and UTV Reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at my TV Reviews podcast without the s on the end at gmail.com y'all i love y'all okay i hope y'all have a wonderful work week or play week or whatever type of week this is for y'all y'all stay safe out there okay if you haven't rated and reviewed already please do so please turn on your notifications as well that way once your other favorite podcast goes off mine comes on okay i love y'all i hope y'all have a wonderful week and i'll talk to you guys soon so until we meet over the airwaves again i am mo and i'll talk to you guys soon Bye.